Well, 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 here we find ourselves again. I'm your host, as usual, Sean Kuhn, and that first track you heard was Nighttime by Do, an old Japanese city pop tune. I thought fit the tone of this episode pretty nicely. Um, that aside, given that this school year is coming to an end, uh, I'm not really going to be giving any more updates about Tigers Inc. because, well, I graduated a couple weeks ago and we kind of stopped doing things around that time. So I don't really have any more news on that front. Um, except well, I will say this, as I alluded to earlier in this month, I will not be continuing budding business after the final episode, which will actually be dropping today along with this one, but that'll be my very last one. And I'll be passing on the podcast to a sophomore level in high school named Chase Gibson. I have a very, very, very good feeling that he's going to take this podcast in a very strong direction. And I wish nothing but the best of luck to him. And I've basically just uh, given him the free reign to do whatever he wants. I don't expect him to do the same thing as me. And frankly, I don't want him to. I want him to kind of discover what he finds to be a good product and to put it out there. So that being said, our interview today is with uh, Ethan Diver and Nikki Fiorenza of Moon Ripple Media. Uh, and a little bit of backstory as to how this episode came about. In the month of March, we had this career event at Oasis where we got to uh, sit down and talk with a lot of people who were experts in their field or people who just wanted to share what they were doing with their career to sort of kind of help guide us to see what we wanted to do later in life. And there were a lot of really impactful people there that kind of left a lasting impression. But the two that left, I guess, the biggest impression on me were Ethan and Nikki. Uh, they both started, well, they started their own media company, Moon Ripple Media, which you'll find more about their story later. And I was just floored by how honest and down to earth both of these people were. And I just knew that more people had to hear what they had to say. So uh, this will be the end of me talking and into our interview. And the track going into that is going to be one of my favorite moments in music ever, the synth solo and power by Kanye West. I swear I still get shivers down my spine every time I listen to this. And you should probably get shivers when you listen to this interview too, because man, there is some real stuff. I mean, real stuff in there that is going to help you out if you pay attention. So that's it for me on the interview. We are here in the studio today with Ethan and Nikki of Moon Ripple Media. That's right. Yep. How y'all doing today? We're doing good. How about you? They're doing all right. So take yourself back to your senior year here at Loveland. What did you guys think you were going to be doing? I have been accepted into CCM for jazz studies, so I was planning on going and getting my degree in jazz performance. I had been accepted to OU for media studies. And I really just had no idea what I was going to do, to be quite honest. Hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. I know, I remember you from a little career thing we had back in March. You were saying you were a college dropout. Yeah. Your first semester in. Yes. What was like the initial reaction just from like, people around you? Was it positive, negative? What was it? What was well, it like? I had a full scholarship to like a, a very good program for what I was going to do. So pretty much everyone I knew thought I was insane for doing that. Um, my parents were like, please just go back. Um, Yeah, pretty much everyone thought I was nuts for doing that. And honestly, I kind of thought I was nuts because I had no plan. I just didn't want to go to school anymore. So So what was it that made you do that? Um, The academic packaging of 
a very esoteric and idiomatic art form. Mm. So it's too structured, you feel like, and they were telling I, you like what to do, and you couldn't be yourself. Yeah, kind of that, but also jazz has an aural tradition, um, and that's I don't personally think is meant to be packaged into like a college degree mm. necessarily. It was kind of ruining it for me. So you'd rather pick that up from like actual performance artists as opposed to like a okay. Yeah, I'd sense. rather listen and learn. I like that. Now, what about you, Nikki? What do you want to know? No, like a, you finished out OU, right? You, yeah, okay, I did. Yeah. I graduated last May. Um, I really had very little to show for my time there, to say the least. Um, I did get the piece of paper, though, and that there's something to be said for that. <laughs> so you don't think much of that piece of paper that you learned from getting that has applied thus far? I mean, a bit. There were a lot of things that I learned that I definitely apply to what I do today, but what we do now really doesn't pertain to what I was learning at all. My focus was mainly in film production and screenwriting, and, you know, not the best market to go into, but um, it was kind of a jack-of-all-trades uh, degree. So, now here I am. <laughs> so, uh, you guys are with Moon Ripple, so... What is Moon Ripple Media? We're a creative marketing agency, so we're essentially a marketing agency for small to medium-sized companies that can't afford to salary a marketing department. Okay. So how did you kind of get that idea to start this kind of, I could say it's almost a niche business that's kind of just now getting more traction as like small to middle-sized businesses realize they don't have the time or the money for this kind of stuff? Basically, I had just always been into photography and videography, and I had a nice camera, and I was doing a little bit of freelance work on the side. I had an hourly job, and I was like trying to pick up some extra money because I think I was making like ten dollars an hour, and uh, you know, trying to pay bills and what have you. So I was doing some photography and videography stuff, and my boss at the time, he used to have a marketing agency, and he saw the work I was doing, and he was like, "Dude, you should do that. Please just go do that. Like, you should not be working here anymore." And he encouraged me to start an LLC and just look for more clients. And he actually asked me about my pricing. He's like, how much did you charge to make that video? I was like, $200. He's like, no, <laughs> you got to charge like five, $10,000 to do something like that. And he told me like, what do you think of your clients? Like, do you like the people you're working for? I was like, honestly, no, they're pretty much a pain. And he's like, yeah, because the people where $200 is a lot to them, are going to be difficult. Like they're really worried about where that money is going. So they're going to micromanage you and you're going to have a bad time. So he pretty much was like, increase your prices times 10 at least and just go and just talk to as many people as you can once you have an LLC. So mainly just kind of stemmed out of a passion you had kind of colliding with the need that you identified. Yeah, I identified the need for that. I mean, everyone knows that digital media is important. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not some kind of like genius market prediction type of person it's literally obvious you know what i mean everyone knows that and i would encourage anyone who's interested in that i mean we started in photo and video and just kind of went toward the money we kind of realized like what services are more profitable how to how to structure our types of services because really i think the most sustainable thing to do with a business is to have recurring type services like retainer based services so then you can actually make decisions based on the amount of money you know you're going to have next month. Mm -hmm. If you're just always chasing a lump sum project, I don't know if I can have an office or not because I don't know if I'm going to have a lump sum project next month. Mm -hmm. When okay. I'm done with this website build, 
I don't know if there's going to be another one. So I can't really sign a lease. I can't hire somebody. You know what I mean? So would you say you uh, enjoy being the CEO of an up-and-coming company? Yeah, definitely. Who wouldn't? <laughs> so you like, do you look at that as more of just a title, or is it like something that you'd like take pride in? Like you were kind of involved at like kind of from the ground up. Because this is I, your company that I, you created, right? Yeah, I'm As not. Yep. I'm not. Uh, I definitely take pride in the company, but not in the sense of like, oh, I'm a CEO. Like I don't. I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> I you figured. Know, yeah. You know what I mean? It's more just like I enjoy being a part of something bigger than myself, and I love the game. And I love to build, and you know it's provided me with a better lifestyle. So those are things I enjoy about it. The CEO is just like the most accurate way to describe my responsibilities. It's not something that I'm like I'm the king. I get that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was thinking about that. I remembered. I think was it Musk that like said his title at Tesla is like Techno King. I think that's his official like in writing position there. I don't know, just silly title stuff. But what were some like the struggles you guys had starting out? You want to take this one or you want me to? You go ahead and start with that um, one. First of all, understanding how to present yourself so people actually <laughs> trust you with their money. Hmm. I mean, you you probably get this, but I mean, we're young. Mm -hmm. We look young. I don't wear a suit and tie. That's not me. You know, so when you're saying, you know, give me X amount of money, people are, and you haven't really done that before, you have, that, the hardest thing is the first client. Mm -hmm. Once you actually can show results, it's a lot easier from there. But the first client being like, give me five grand, let me build this website, it's like, you know, it's hard. You have, to, and there was a lot of no's at the beginning. Oh, there was a lot of like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. you, what do you think I am, stupid type of stuff, you know? <laughs> So the hardest thing initially is just getting that first client. That's good. And you know also, what I mean? The only way through is to make mistakes. So when you're starting off something like this, you're going to constantly be making mistakes. And that's difficult in itself, but that just makes it a much better learning experience. And you have to look at it that way and view it in a positive light. Because if you just see the negative and the mistakes and not take any lessons from it, you're gonna you're not gonna do well you're not yeah, gonna do as well as you want you have to reframe mistakes mm -hmm. like now I, I've worked really hard at being grateful for mistakes for sure. it's really hard to like lose a lot of money or lose a bid or botch a pitch for a really good lead mm -hmm. and come out of that and be like I'm happy I know what not to do like, and that's like the the worst thing you can do is be like oh my god that was terrible. Mm -hmm. We're so screwed or we lost this or just feeling bad for yourself is so unproductive. Like, like don't feel pity for yourself. Be brutally honest. Be like, "Well, I sounded like a like a idiot 18-year-old." So, yeah, they didn't want to give me their money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, you got to be brutally honest and you got to be like your biggest critic, but not in the sense that you're going to go home and cry. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You just have to move forward and reframe the way you think about mistakes. Like I'll tell you this, honestly, we lost a $40,000 job mm -hmm. a, a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We've been at the point where we had to pay for meals with coins. and At certain points in the yeah. early on in the company, exactly. we've had to pay for, we've like lost everything we made and the only, on multiple occasions. The only thing you can do is move forward. If you just wallow in it, you're not going anywhere. You have to light a fire under you and 
keep moving forward and keep going and pushing and like evolving the way you sell yourself and the ideas that you have, there's no other choice. If you want this, to, if you want it to succeed, you have to evolve. Yeah, I mean, when you do it full time and you really commit, like this is what I'm gonna do. If we need money, we're gonna get it this way. Like, I don't want to work at TJ Maxx again, dude. I don't. <laughs> yeah, there have been times where we've lost everything we've made because we couldn't find a client and we had to pay ourselves our cash reserves, and that's mm -hmm. how we salaried ourselves. And that's happened multiple times. Like, it's definitely been a lot better, probably since like. Sure. The end of, like, after the first six months, I think we started to figure it out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. At first, it was just throwing stuff at the wall, you know, hoping you could find somebody. And it's, I mean, I don't have a business degree. You learn as you go. You make mistakes, and you just commit to doing it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have those moments where it's tough, and you just got to work even harder. Like, there have been times where we don't know if we're going to have a client, and we're having a hard time and it's like, all right, well, we're just going to go walk around and walk into businesses. And that has led to business for us. Like mm -hmm. when you don't know what to do, you got to do something. Mm -hmm. I like that. So you'd say like lump sum, the most important thing was getting over that fear of failure and kind of then embracing it. 100%. What was like the most like influential loss I guess you had that kind of changed the way you looked at it? There is a couple ones that stick out to me. The first one was a client we had that we didn't write a contract for and we ended up basically doing like eight months of work for like what not enough money and there's no contract and we basically took him at his word and ended up like not making nearly enough money and that was a huge l i mean we dedicated a ton of time to that and we built like the most extensive shopify store imaginable for this guy wow. did all the product photography so that was like a dumb mistake um anyone out there like actually hire a lawyer like save your <laughs> save up your save up your shekels you know um go hire a lawyer and be like get a basic contract that's actually going to hold up in court mm -hmm. not some kind of template like that's just not going to hold up even in small claims you got to just go like save your money up get a lawyer get a real contract that was a huge one and then this one that was a little bit ago really changed uh our view on things i'd say it's like you know, you can't count your chickens before they hatch, but the last one where we had that giant issue, like with that huge job, it was because we used a contract that was a templated contract, Oof. and it, like, is not going to, I mean, we might end up in small claims over it, potentially, but it's not, I can tell you right now, it's not going to hold up. The purpose of, like, doing anything about that would be pressure, not that we could actually use the legal system in any type of effective way. So those are big ones. I mean, you go forward and you make a mistake. And, you know, you look back and you're like, wow, that was really stupid. And it, and it is. But you got to understand, like, how many businesses there are. I think, like, over 50% of the U.S. economy is small, medium-sized businesses. Like, there's no shortage. You'll find more. Mm -hmm. You'll find a new industry. You'll find a new service. You'll develop your existing clients as they grow. You have that relationship. Maybe we build a website, then we manage a social media, and then we do an updated branding kit, and then we come in and do product photography. Like, those are things... Those are all things. You just keep developing your service. You keep developing your client book. And, yeah, I just honestly, you take what you can from the mistakes and just move forward. Like, I don't think about it. It doesn't keep me up at night. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of money, but, like, it's nothing you can't make back. Money comes and goes. You got to understand that. You know, and if this whole thing folded today, I, I view it as I made, I made a good amount of money and I gained a lot of knowledge and I could probably do it again a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So looking forward into the next five to ten years, where do you guys see this company going? Um, I see this 
continuing with them. Basically, I see us productizing and niching our service down more um, as we grow. That way, it's a little bit more scalable. So I want to keep on with the outsourced marketing department type of ethos and basically hire employees for a niche skill set. Like right now, I do a lot of different things, but I want to hire someone who's really good at building Shopify's, and that's all they do. And then I want to hire someone who's really good at making TikToks, and that's all they do. Seriously, you'd be amazed. We have a friend who just got an angel investor for a TikTok agency. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he and he he's made like a quarter million dollars in the last year doing that. So like no, like don't listen to any anyone over the age of 40 saying anything about social media, just cover your ears. I'm dead I'm dead serious. It's true. Yeah. Like true. this kid is like probably going to be a deca millionaire in a few years off of TikTok. Seriously. Like it's, yeah, just don't listen to older people when it comes to digital stuff. Like, don't listen to them, especially not on the topic of, like, not on the topic of social media, definitely not on the topic of, like, crypto, mm-hmm. NFTs, any of that up-and-coming stuff, Web3. Doge. I don't, I mean, I'm not here to give financial advice, but I can tell you the technology is going to be huge. So don't listen to older people who don't, like, when someone tells you Web3 is stupid, NFTs are stupid, crypto is stupid, TikTok stupid... That's just a really coded way of them saying, I don't understand. Wasn't well, like that kind of stuff isn't made for them, so I don't think they're meant to understand it, really. That's just how it is. But uh, that being said, do you have like any other business ventures in mind outside of Moon Ripple, maybe, or incorporating maybe your love of jazz into something in the future? Actually, yeah, we, we do, and that's already starting. Um, slowly building. Our idea is to create probably some type of subsidiary of Moon Ripple. That's basically a recording studio, but it's kind of a, God, I hate this phrase. It's like a, yeah, I hate this phrase so much. It's, it's supposed to be like a one-stop shop for musicians and artists. So like you can record your tracks. Have you ever seen like audio tree? Like part of it. Yeah. Or like live performances that have a video, but it's in the studio. So the audio quality is really good. So we want to like create content out of live performances, but also be able to like track a record, do the band photos, make a music video. So that's kind of a down-the-road thing because I see that as something where we're probably going to take a loss on that for a few years while it grows. So we need to have the cash reserves and, like, ARRs with Moon Ripple to just, like, cover that expense, basically. I think it could be a great thing, but, yeah, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's a lot easier to convince someone who owns, like, I don't know, a wedding venue that they need you to manage their Instagram than it is to, like, find the right bands that actually can afford to do something like that. The music industry is tough, man. Oh, it's super it tough. It is hard. Yeah, that's something we want to do. I wouldn't say that that's, like, even five years out. I would say that's, like, full form, like, ten plus years out. But it's something we want to do. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, one other thing we're looking to do is probably buy up some social media accounts. Like, you can buy social media accounts with big followings at auctions and move toward doing more affiliate marketing. I mean, anyone can do that. But I think what you guys have, like, in the position that you are, you really kind of do have that freedom to go out and do all these different ventures. So I think this is definitely something that you were glad you ended up doing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, 100%. I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, it's not something where it's like we're not, we're not rich, Mm-mm. but we have an asset that is invaluable. Like, the value is un- basically unlimited. Mm-hmm. The digital media industry is worth hundreds of billions of dollars at large total. Like, in, like there is no limit. 
And as he said prior, just the knowledge we've gained. If we if this was to fold and we wanted to move on to a different company site, that's not going to happen. But say if it did happen, we would have all of this this whole vault of knowledge that we didn't have prior and we would be able to pretty much take a job anyway. I could be a consultant forever. Exactly. At this point, if I could say like I scaled a digital agency to six figures at the age of 20, hire me as a consultant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who else do they know that does that? That's There's not a, that common. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing. You build a business and you sell it. I actually know a couple of my friends' dads did that. They built businesses and they sold them as quickly as possible, and then they used that experience to be a consultant. And they charge like $500 an hour, $1,000 an hour to consult. Mm-hmm. Like big businesses bring them in to consult. So have you guys considered doing that with Moonripple or... Part of our job definitely involves consulting. We don't consider ourselves consultants per se. That's something I want to do freelance probably later on. But if you think about it like this, like if I'm going into a place and they're like, I want social media management or I want a branding kit. This is a good example. I want a branding kit. They're going to say, I want X, Y, and Z. I'm going to say, okay, I see what you're saying, but I really don't think you should do Z. And here's why. That's consulting. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that font looks like Comic Sans. We're not doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So it's, the, it's kind of like that's buried in there. We're not necessarily a company where you're hiring us. Like instead of going to AutoZone and buying yourself an exhaust filter, we're a car. We're the whole car. Okay. We run. We actually create something that gets results. It's not just like I bought a website. Well, now – How are people finding the website? We do that. We help people find the website. Okay, but now I need an Instagram. Well, we do that too. Now I need content for my Instagram. Well, we do that too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's a lot easier to get, it's a lot easier to grow when you actually have results instead of it just being like an a la carte service-based thing. I think that's where a lot of people get, make mistakes. Like people who want to do photography, there's a million photographers. That's how we started. What you realize is it's really hard to convey the value of a very high quality photograph. Because you can't say it made you money. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, to me, we take a product photo. It looks amazing. You use that on your Shopify as a listing or on your Amazon page or whatever. And it looks great. Like, that has value. But it's not, like, a function of X. You know what I mean? You making $1,000 on your product is not a function of a great product photo directly. Like, I can't point to that and say, we did this. You know what I mean? How do you get, like, those type of numbers if it's that difficult to, like, kind of connect the two things together. You don't when you're just selling a photo or you're selling an ad spot. Well, an ad spot's a little bit easier because you can actually track conversions when you run an ad. But when it comes to, okay, well, everyone should have a really good headshot. That's a tough one. That's a hard one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or you need updated photos on your website because that looks like it was taken with an Android phone in 2010. Like, you know... I think you need that. I think that's a really good idea, but it's a little bit unquantifiable what the result from that would be. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. So but, is that hard, like, convincing people to get, like, a package or, like, a deal with media when there aren't, like, tangible results that, like, you can see? Well, now we run ads and we, we do outsource SEO and we do those kinds of things, so it's a little bit easier to say we did X. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we actually got you a result. We didn't just give you the resources and then you went out and figured out what to do with it. Like if we took a bunch of photos for you that look great of all your products or whatever. So it's actually easier when you productize into like, we're basically like everybody's doing a subscription model. You know this, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're a subscription service marketing agency. And now that you've kind of done it for all these different companies, you can also point to that 
as stuff to help convince them, right? It gets easier and easier. I mean, there is the classic adage that the first 100,000 is the hardest hmm. because you have no leverage. You don't have the leverage to buy your time back. You don't have the leverage to buy knowledge. You don't have the leverage to run an ad. You don't have the leverage to hire someone smarter than you. You have no leverage. So once you get on your feet, then the ball just starts rolling. And Total snowball effect, 100%. Yeah. And the quality of leads gets a lot better because your people aren't going to waste your time as much. The amount of people early on who are like, so you definitely want exposure, right? Do this for exposure? Yeah, never do that. Like maybe, I don't know. I wouldn't say never do that. If you really can't find anybody and you really need a little bit of experience, maybe do something for free one or two times. But yeah, I mean, snowball effect definitely is real. Yeah. First 100K rule definitely is real. I mean, you gotta have leverage in business. You have to have leverage and money is a great form of leverage. Branding and experience is a great form of leverage. Also clout. <laughs> that's <laughs> well, that's like all those summed up into one more or less, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. for sure. So in summary, just get clout and then you're fine. Simply. Uh, so what is like one piece of advice that you would give to someone who is like struggling to find their purpose or maybe like even just to find basic goals in life? Just do stuff. Stop, stop sitting around thinking about it. Just go and do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just do something. Go, I don't know, spend an hour on YouTube and find the first thing that looks cool and go do it. Just do stuff. I just do stuff. That's how we did this. Seriously. Like, that's how I found all my interests. I just see something looks cool. Just do it. Just do it. something. I love it. That's what I think a lot of people have an issue with is they think, or I think what a lot of the problems that stem from people not having it is that there are so many things that you can do that people just get paralysis of choice. They just can't pick one thing or they think, oh, if I do this, I have to do that and yada, yada, yada. Sometimes I think you just do have to sip your foot in the water. Stop waiting for the stop waiting for the right time. It won't come. The best time to plant a tree was thirty years ago. Next best time's right now. Mm -hmm. It's a great saying, I think. But yeah, stop waiting for the right time. Just do something. I mean, a lot of people have told me I wish I could do that. You can. You can. I don't. I literally dropped out of college for jazz and started a marketing agency. Like you can. The piece of paper is like meaningless. The amount of like BS classes you take in college these days. Our third business partner, Cedric, is literally sitting in a Russian lit class right now in his final semester of college. Look at this very moment. Okay, okay, that sounds interesting to me, but I doubt that has any like... Make it make sense. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I like reading, but you know, like I don't think... Yeah. The piece of paper means nothing. It's so clouded. Like I've learned how to run a business. In a year. It's almost like college gets you worried about the wrong piece of paper, if you catch my drift. No, 100%. I mean, yeah. that's definitely true. It's about the dead presidents, not that degree. The, yeah, the other important thing, outside of just doing it, is just accept that you're going to screw up. Like, there, you're not going to do it perfect. Don't be a perfectionist. It doesn't exist. You're just going to get better with time and experience. And if you try to come up with the perfect idea at the perfect time, you're never going to do anything. I like that. I think that's a good place to end up. Thank you guys so much yeah. for coming in. This was amazing. Of course. Thank you again to Ethan and Nikki for taking time out of your day and coming in. And that last track we listened to coming out of the home stretch is Vaya con Dios by one of my favorite people ever. Hope you someday hear this, Kali Uchis. Uh, and I guess one of the greatest 
messages out of that whole interview, and honestly from so many guests we've had this year, is that we need to get over, I guess collectively, the fear of failure. I mean, if you if you look back at different things from whatever it is, you know, whatever it's sports or school or just applying yourself in anything, a lot of times the first thing people think about is what if it goes wrong or what if I screw up? Now, I'm sure it comes from a, a place of good intentions, but if you get so hung up on the what if it doesn't go according to plan, if you get so hung up on that idea, much like they said, you'll never do anything to begin with. So just getting over that hump of fear of not doing it right the first time, which, spoiler alert, no one ever has. Uh, and if you do, well, then good for you. You are very lucky. But I guess just accepting that losses will come and then changing how you look at those losses. And I, I mean, my senior quote this year was uh, from a Jay-Z song, Smile, one of my favorite ones. It said, uh, a loss and a loss, it's a lesson. Appreciate the pain, it's a blessing. And that's kind of a philosophy that I've taken to my own life and one that Ethan and Nikki also definitely have. And some that you should probably incorporate into yours too, you know, just changing the way that you look at things can impact how how you embrace you know success and warrant good things into your life so that'll be it for our episode today uh we do have another one coming out around the same time uh it'll be our last episode ever with mr Mernan. so be sure to give that a listen as well when you can and hope you enjoy it have a nice day